Hello and welcome to the Find Your Flow podcast show. I'm your host, Wince Wittes, and I'm here today with a very special episode. Today's episode is the Looking Glass Project, Project Looking Glass. All right, let's get into it. So today, I am driving, and I'm no expert on Project Looking Glass. I am fascinated by it, though. I don't know what you know about it, friend. So I'm just going to start with what I do know, the little bit that I do know. And I'm driving to a place I don't know where to where I'm going exactly. And my uh, navigation may chime in. So if I pause or get sidetracked, I apologize. Hopefully we'll all get there together. All right. Project Looking Glass is allegedly, supposedly, has to do with some technology that when somebody who is skilled in psychic type skills can use this tour, this technology to see the future. And it can even give them a statistical probability of that future timeline happening. So it might they might be using it and see, oh, well, you know, in the next five years, if we take this action, the likelihood of event A happening is 80% and event B timeline uh, 20%. But if we take this other action, you know, we can reverse those probabilities. So... Sounds pretty cool. Sounds pretty science fiction-y, right? Or conspiracy theory. Well, it is a... Uh, oh, I'm just... Uh, don't mind me, friends. Sorry. Horrible little intersection here. Just waiting for people. All right. Um, so this technology that supposedly exists and... There is stuff online that you can look up about it. And supposedly certain agencies have access to this technology and have used it to try to predict the future, right? Try to use use it for good or for evil or for, you know, profit. And one of the interesting things well, there's, there's, I think there's a bunch of interesting things about it, I think, but a couple of the things that I've heard that I find most interesting. One, it has to do with The Simpsons. So there's a lot of, there's a lot of episodes of The Simpsons. The Simpsons is one of the longest, if not the longest running sitcoms, I believe. I don't remember if it still is, but I think for a while that was the title they held. And that means they've got a lot, a lot of episodes, right? And whenever you've got a lot of episodes and you're making a lot of predictions, naturally you're going to get some of them right, right? So just, you know, we just got to chalk some of them up to dumb luck. But there's also certain points where it would be statistically improbable that certain predictions, a certain number of predictions would come true. Right, like there's a point where it's like, oh, maybe 50-50. Right? That's probably not the right number to use. 
But, you know, like, where it's like, okay, yeah, well, they could have just guessed and got lucky. And with all those predictions, all those episodes, of course, they're going to be right a certain percentage of the time. Okay, yeah, I, I can run with that for a little bit. But then, if you look at some of these predictions, they're pretty interesting. And I'm not going to give them all away in case you're new to this, but it's worth checking out. So I think it's a fun little rabbit hole if you got nothing better to do. Look up Simpsons predictions. And some of them in particular are like fairly big events, life events that most of us can remember or relate to in some way. I shouldn't say most of them, but some of them. And in relation to the looking glass, it's rumored that one of the producers of The Simpsons had access to this technology. That's floating around out there on the internet. Now, of course, anybody can say anything on the internet, so, you know, you got to take it all with a grain of salt. But it's interesting that to imagine something like that happening. Why? Why would, how and what kind of world would that be a possibility? Why would that even, you know, if something's so powerful, there's so much, so many capabilities of, you know, a tool like that or a weapon like that or whatever, why would somebody who's a cartoonist or, or you know, producer of a cartoon or, you know, sitcom get access to that something it's just something that powerful seems kind of obscure like not likely but are there ways in which something like that might be likely or possible i don't know i think that if we look at perception and the way perception is formed and we look at power of suggestion and we look at Pre or framing, which I did a big episode on in a recent episode. So this gets in, I don't want to get off track, but I kind of got to explore this or just say this too. So the timeline of this podcast is all over the art place. I try to keep it organized and linear, but I'm not a linear person, friend. So I do the best I can. And if you are trying to go through these episodes linearly, then that's awesome. And I appreciate that. And that's what the original intention was, but as it's evolved, it's just super hard for me to keep it keep it going like that. So I've kind of got this second timeline happening now, or third, yeah, it depends on how you count it, I guess, really. But an alternate timeline, if you will, an additional timeline in our multiverse of podcast timelines here. And this timeline is started with an update I did a few weeks ago. So let's call it the 2021. What year are we in? 2021. Yeah, timeline. Because the other one, um, there was like a year or more where I wasn't releasing episodes, but I had them all recorded. I had like years worth of stuff recorded. I still have it. And I'm still releasing it as I as I can. Um, that timeline is like if you're following the numbers of the episodes. And then this new timeline started with some updates last time. I did three, three-part update. And the update, I call it that because that's in real time. Like I publish it pretty much within a few days of me recording it. And now this one is, you know, pretty new. And I'll probably release this one before I re- release some of the older ones. So 
I just want to put that out there. I don't know if it matters, but there you go. Timelines, multiverses. It does matter. Oh, yeah. There was a point behind all that. So, <laughs> as above, so below. As within, so without. Microverse. Macroverse. Right? It's all relative. Timelines converging. Yes. 2020 or 2012, I think, was. So, the, the, so there's this cool interview I watched the other night about Project Looking Glass and supposedly these three people who are whistleblowers and they are doing interviews and they're sharing their experiences. And what they all kind of said was, and I'd seen some of them before in other shows like around, but um, but it's just pretty cool. I saw like the whole thing and, uh, you know, it's maybe a 15 minute video or eight minute video, something like that. And kind of one of the big points of the whole thing, I think, was like, yeah, they have this technology and it works. It's a real thing. It's cool. And they can, you know, kind of predict the future. They can kind of time travel in this sense with this and mess with timelines to kind of optimize what they would like to do. And there's like the bad guys that want to kind of push us toward this um, post-apocalyptic apocalyptic type, you know, timeline, right? Where there's the elites and, the, you know, the yeah, the elites that basically have their own bunkers and, you know, they're safe underground and the rest of us are, you know, don't come into my lane there, friend. Thank you. And um, the rest of us who have, uh, you know, are, are going to be left to kind of fight after some kind of natural disaster or um, planned disaster or whatever. And then <laughs> as this car goes by with the license plate that says safe space. That's awesome. This is a safe space, friend. I hope you feel safe. I feel safe right now. That's why I share this stuff on this podcast when I'm feeling good, when I'm driving primarily. I don't like to do it when I'm at home. But anyway, they would presumably have a safe space underground. And then, uh, but that's a not a good timeline. So, but that's like the fear timeline, the fear and the, you know, hell and Britain fire and the um, hell on earth kind of timeline, which is not optimal. I would prefer not that timeline. So the other timeline is like this new magnificent 5D earth, right? And it's like magical and everybody's friends and the animals all get along. And what's interesting to me, um, you may remember that I was raised, my mom was Jehovah's Witness or became Jehovah's Witness when I was very young. And she was, you know, full on, full on into it. And it was, you know, it is was what it was. It was um, caused a lot of trouble for my family and I. Uh, and I learned a lot from it, though. You know, like I, when when people say things like, "Oh, well, that builds character," it's like, yeah, going through that experience built character for sure. What is it? Good character? Is it bad character? I don't know. It just is. It is the character that I play today for the show. Right? It's the guy that's not trying to go out and <laughs> I, I'm not the guy that will go door to door pioneering. Pioneering is something that Jehovah's Witnesses do to spread the word, right? Spread the good word, the good news. God is here. Jehovah is here to save you. Or uh, not exactly the right terminology, but that's the basic idea, right? Like, hey, you like, and I did that with as a kid. I went with my mom, 
you know, and her friends, and we'd go door-to-door pioneering on the weekends. Good times. Good times, friend. I'm sure you were having lots of fun on the weekends, too. So we'd go to door-to-door and, you know, knock, knock, knock. Oh, what do you want? <laughs> right? Sometimes you get, most people would be pretty nice, to be honest. Like, you know, they, they knew the game. And it's like, yeah, here's our brochures. And these brochures, oh, look at this guy. Come on, guy? Driving like a race car driver? Connor RB. Connor B. Go, Connor B. Um, timeline, race cars, where are we? <sighs> guy? Um, sorry, friend. Driving. We're going somewhere. Online. No. In the real world. Timelines. I've got a bag of sunflower seeds here, but I was going to wait to start eating them until after I finished this episode. Uh, I didn't think you'd want to hear me sit here and chew on those all the way up and down. Coast California here. The inner coast. No coast here. Very inland. Anyway, Looking Glass is the name of this episode. Timelines converge. And so the good guys and the bad guys are like playing this game, right? Like, hey, we could do this thing and get this timeline. And then the good guys are like, well, we want this other time. Oh, yeah, Joe's Witnesses. And so I used to pioneer door to door. And, you know, push Jehovah's Witness dumb on people and give out brochures. And these brochures were freaking terrifying, friend. They were scary as heck, especially if you're a kid and you're seeing it. And it's like these de- demons and, like, hell and, like, but they don't believe in hell. But there's, like, scary, there's, like, like just violent-looking photos. And um, and they're very, like, well-drawn, you know. So it's very realistic-looking and scary. And it's like, what the heck? Why, why are they trying to scare the crap out of people. It's like, oh, because that's what sells, right? Scaring people sells. So they scare you. And I'm not trying to point blame, friends. I'm not trying to, like, you know, call people out or call out a religion. But I guess I am, right? I mean, let's face it. That's my character. My character. I got to keep it real, too. That's it. I can't play the... That's, we'll get into that another day. Let's go. Stay tuned. Stay focused, man. The, so Jehovah's Witness... I used to go pioneering, and we would, you know, try to sign people up, essentially. And it's free, you know, at first. It's free, but there's, you know, but it, donating is encouraged. Got to pay for those pamphlets and stuff somehow. So, oh, so then, so Jehovah's Witnesses do not believe in hell, okay? They believe you just kind of go to sleep forever. So that's good. If you're kind of worried about that, right? It's like, oh, well, you know, at least you don't go to hell and burn forever. You just kind of blink out of existence and sleep forever. Not so bad. All right, well, what's the upside? Well, the upside is if you're good, you can go to heaven on earth. So in Jehovah's Witness, it's not it's not heaven up in the sky. It's heaven on earth. So that's an important distinction. You know, Christianity, Jehovah's Witness is a, I don't want to say a sect, but kind of like a derivative, I guess of Christianity, offshoot, um, branch. So a lot of it is similar. There's similar under undertones and, you know, similar belief systems, but then there are definitely some things that are very different. And, sorry, I just had to check the mic there. Um, 
there are definitely things that are very different, you know, and one of them is that, that idea of like, where's heaven, right? It's not, and then the, you know, hell not being a thing. Um, so heaven being on earth and, you know, the literature, the brochures that show you that are beautiful, beautifully drawn things, you know, it's the same kind of art, but it's like, instead of all these horrible bad things, because you're not a Jehovah's Witness, and, and you know, and it's pointing like, Basically, and, you know, again, I was born in 79, and my I remember my mom, I don't remember exactly, like, the moment she, but maybe I did. The other day, I was kind of thinking, it's like, maybe I do kind of remember when they stopped by, and, you know, I was a little kid. I was probably, like, maybe three or four, I don't know, and um, so maybe I do kind of remember it, actually, but that's not the point. point being that becoming, uh, like, showing that really scary stuff and like, Hey, this is, Oh, Armageddon. It's all about Armageddon, Armageddon, the end of the world, you know, Satan rules the world. And, um, you know, this is his domain. And so Jehovah's witnesses do not participate in elections. They do not vote because this is a man-made uh, system. And so Jehovah's witnesses focus on voting for God's system by not voting in the man-made system. Jehovah's witnesses don't pledge allegiance to any flags. Um, they do not celebrate most holidays because most holidays are actually rooted in paganism, which uh, a lot of Christians don't know. And so that's kind of a big deal. Um, and yeah, those are the big ones. So what's interesting to me about that is a couple things I kind of tried to say earlier, but got sidetracked. One is I try not to pioneer so much these days but i do but in a different way where it's more like you opt in for it if you're interested in hearing plus i'm not talking about jehovah's witnesses i mean, i'm not trying to push that um let me be very clear in case you're new to the show it's <laughs> not the intention here um the intention is though to be able to talk about that kind of stuff and share with you my own experiences as honestly as i can because what i the conclusion i've come to over the years has been that um, it doesn't make sense to try to convert. Well, it's a numbers game. It's a numbers game. And what I mean by that, if you have sales or marketing experience, you probably already know what I mean by that. But if you don't, then this is a really valuable idea. Could be a life-changing idea for you. It was a life-changing idea for me when I, when I applied it to my life. Ultimately, um, totally life-changing. So the numbers game in sales means and marketing, if I just talk to enough people and make my pitch, my offer about my product or service, eventually I'll find somebody that says yes. If I just play the numbers, if I just talk to, you know, 10 people a day, 50 people a day, whatever my numbers are, I, you know, and I don't know that at the beginning of a business, you know, I kind of have to make projections and best guesses. But over time, if I'm collecting my data and tracking my numbers, I should know, oh, okay, well, I need to make you know, 1,000 phone calls to talk to 200 people to set, uh, you know, to get 100 good leads to make 50 appointments to write 25 offers to get one deal or whatever, right? And, you know, and I would know those numbers break down and then I could break that down to how many days I'm working per month and how many of those contacts I need to make per day. And that would be, that would be my numbers game. Every day I'd have to hit my numbers. So that's kind of the general idea. Now, why is this important? Because this works with so many things 
And the way it could be used against someone, the way it was kind of presented to me sometimes, was, and and this isn't to take away from what I'm going to say, but this is an important frame. And I, I know I'm kind of keeping harking back to this frame idea. Um, I don't want to get into it, so I'll get lost. But if you go back to the three update one I did uh, a while back, I know that means nothing because my timelines are all over the place. Let's see. What month are we? I think like May 2021. And there's a three-part update. So in there, I get into depth about it because I feel like it's such an important, important concept. Okay? Framing. And then the numbers game. So the frame that was presented to me was like, hey, you know, we go and pioneer the word of Jehovah because it's awesome and because, and we save people's lives. We live, you know, and, and that's what it's, oh, shoot. Okay, sorry, friend. Traffic just stopped super fast on this here freeway. Little alarms beep at me to let me know. I'm in my wife's car, by the way, so I'm not in my car, so it's a little different, but it's all good. My car was check engine light came on. I'm not trying to risk that today. Anyway, so there, so I'd hear these stories. You know, my mom would like, you know, promote these stories to me like, hey, well, you know, it's amazing. We do all this great stuff. We go and, you know, we've literally helped stop people from, you know, uh, committing suicide and like, you know, all these stories. And it's like, wow, that's amazing. Right. And it is amazing. Like, that's great. They really did that. That's really happened. Awesome. How cool is that to, to be able to show up right at the right time and you know, be able to help somebody uh, through something like that. And your religion is, you know, has something to do with that. That's awesome. Good for you. Good for them. You know, all, all good stuff. Now, if somebody, like, such as my mom, I loved my mom. I loved my mom, love my mom's memory. Um, you know, so this isn't like talking smack about, you know, her her memory or anything like that, you know, for me. This is more just like, um psychoanalyzing myself in relation to the whole thing and then sharing that psychoanalysis with you in real time as I say it out loud. Um, she might have said things like, oh, well, kind of used that information like, oh, well, it saved these people. We've, you know, gone pioneering and we've literally saved these lives. And that's what makes it true. Using it as like a way to reinforce the truthness of it. The truth of the capital T, right? That's that's what I'm trying to get at. Like when I share a lot, is like, oh well, very very smart people, very successful people believe this. That's a great one, right? Oh, oh, this person's a doctor. Oh, this person's a lawyer, and they believe this too. Oh, okay, so we're using endorsements, right? We're using credibility. Well, that's a marketing thing. We do that all the time in marketing, right? We find somebody who's credible in the field. We get them to give us a quote. Maybe we pay them or we take them out to dinner or, you know, whatever. Um, they get the contract to, you know, do the science. And if they don't do it, then if, if they don't give us science that helps us sell more stuff, then they don't get the contract. They don't get the gig. We find another firm to uh, to do it for us, right? That's how this stuff works. So let's say, for instance, that... Um, Okay, so uh, so she would say that, and we'd go and we knock on doors, and you know most people don't really want to hear the good word <laughs> that we're sharing, but then you you get some people that do, and they got and or they got nothing better to do, and they just want to talk to you. So you know we we convert some people 
possibly, or like, you know, we'd go in and read the Bible with them and, you know, this whole thing. Anyway, it was a drag. It was boring as heck. I was a kid and, you know, I freaking hated it, to be honest, friend. But here's the good news. The good news is it's very character building, built a lot of character. I got a lot of character as a result of that. And as I got older, I got into sales or telemarketing, appointment setting, okay? And that was really helpful too. Before that, I was working at Taco Bell. That was my first job other than working for my dad. And I worked my way up to the drive-thru. And at the drive-thru, it's really cool. You get to do all these things. And I loved Taco Bell. I used to eat Taco Bell multiple times a day, literally. Well, once I started working there. Before I worked there, I would eat there pretty much every day. And so I said, hey, I can save a lot of money just by working here, get 50% off, plus I get paid to just be here. It's awesome. It's my dream job. So, got the job. Boom. Worked my way up. Boom. Worked at the, uh, the drive-thru. So drive-thru, they offered commissions for upselling stuff. Like, hey, here's, um, you know, this, uh, I think I just saw my client on the side of the road. I really hope that was not him. Broken down. Look like him. <laughs> We're still 40 miles away. <laughs> sure, hope, sure hope he's not broken down. So if I drive 40 miles, he's not there. I'm going to cry, friend. I will cry. I cried on the last uh, last update. Sorry. Think about that sometimes. It's pretty raw. It's pretty raw, friend. I had a lot going on in my mind. I don't know how much of it got through because filters and whatnot. Ego and other filters, you know, for whatever purposes they serve. Plus, I was just stressed. been in traffic for hours. And I had to pee super bad. Literally the most painful holding a pee, I think I, I can remember, honestly, and it hurt for hours afterward, even after I got home. So that was a bad thing. I'm a little better prepared for such scenarios today. I'm not going to go into details. Just know that I'm better prepared. I learned. All right, moving on. Where are we? Where are we? Keep All right. Um, the mirror. Oh, the looking glass. So converging timelines, friend. This idea that, so I, I've seen these things online recently where it's like Earth is splitting into two different versions. The low density, kind of horrible, everything is like negative and fighting and war and famine and like negativity and negativity and people, uh, you know, all the bad stuff, right? And then there's like the good Earth where it goes into the 5D and like there's the great awakening and we all level up and it's love and light and, you know, awesomeness. And th that to me sounds like, wow, that's like the same kind of stuff that the Jehovah's Witnesses were saying or similar, similar, right? Um, in some ways. And, and for me, just so you can kind of get a better sense of where I come from with this whole thing is like, I look for similarities. I look for patterns and I'm not, the super detail-oriented person, right? There's some of you, some people are just super good at details and stuff. I'm not that good at details, except for a few different, you know, categories of things. Um, I, I tend to gloss over things to try to just see the bigger picture. That's more, more where I feel comfortable. So with that, it allows me to see a lot of like meta patterns and similarities and not get caught up in the details, okay? And so that's just... Uh, hopefully some good framework of, of where I'm coming from and how my mind is working and how I come to some of these conclusions. 
that I uh, reserve the right to change my mind about at any given time. Okay? And I also don't want to say, like, I'm right, and this is my thinking, and I built this identity around this line of thinking, like, hey, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong, I'll change my mind. Okay? I'm okay with that. So this convergence of timelines is, so these interviewing guys were talking about how they were trying to see past, I think it was 2012, um, but here we are in 2021, but it's, I don't remember. The idea being that beyond that, they couldn't really change anything. It was kind of like the momentum was so great and they couldn't see beyond this one point. And it's like the ultimate way that the, the whole game is playing out, it has to kind of go this one direction. Nothing can stop what is coming, which is an interesting phrase associated with this kind of process, perhaps. At least uh, according to these guys, you know, it's, the momentum is so great. If we know which side will win, um, but yet they're still kind of like fighting to the finish, you know, all the way out. The game must, each side must keep playing their, laying down their cards as they go through the game or playing their last moves. And that's an interesting idea, I think. And, oh, so this idea of timelines keeps coming back to me. Oh, then there's this other thing completely unrelated, but also related is, and I think I've mentioned this before. Have you ever seen the show Community? It's on, it's on a couple of networks, I think. We watch it on Hulu and it is so freaking funny. I think it's, Elena and I think it's funny. I think it's hilarious and you may too, but. There's this one episode where they get into multiple timelines. I think it's like season three or four. I'm not sure. And it's amazing. It's amazing. And they they call back to it on in multiple other episodes. So that's really cool. I like that a lot. And this, what am I doing here? I got a long way to go. Um, all right. Brian all right. I think I've been talking a long time and I don't know that I have much more value around this topic, but let's just think for a moment before we sign off. What do you say? Pushing buttons in my wife's car, trying to turn the freezing air off my hands. I think that's it for the Looking Glass episode. Project Looking Glass. Aliens are a thing that are interesting to me. UFOs. I saw seen some cool UFO stuff. There's um a lot of neat Stuff. I don't know if you're on Instagram, but if you look up UFOs and that kind of stuff, you can see some cool user-generated content. Sure, some of it's fake. Okay, yeah, of course, right? There's always going to be people that are just making stuff for fun to try to fool people, and yeah, I get it. You know, no problem. But then some of it, some of it's pretty interesting. Pretty interesting, friend. I can't write it all off. Now, obviously, I'm pretty open-minded, and I've had my own experiences that point me in certain directions. But I understand people that have not had their own experiences and for whom this kind of stuff might be scary or, just, you know, absurd. Um, I was talking with a friend who I, you know, I didn't know his thoughts on it much on aliens, but on UFOs and whatnot. But we were talking about the movie They Live because I, I think heard about it and seen it and then finally or you've seen commercials and whatnot or something about it and finally was able to find it and we watched it and it was like oh snap this is a crazy movie 
um, really crazy movie. They lived in the 80s movie. And, like, yeah, that's <laughs> pretty fascinating. And so I happened to be talking to this friend about something, and I brought that movie up. And he's like, oh, yeah, I used to watch it all the time as a kid. I was like, oh, okay, interesting, you know. And, um, you know, but this is somebody that uh, I think it said in some other conversation, like, oh, well, you know, aliens aren't real, UFOs aren't real, like, otherwise we it'd be all over the news. <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah, of course, of course, right? Yeah, I mean, something was important for us to know, it'd be on the news, wouldn't it? Yeah, that's how that works. So, you know, it's an interesting. If somebody really believes that, you know, how much time or energy should one invest in getting that person to question that mindset, that frame within their own head? You know, because frames in our own head, it's kind of like ego, I guess, right? Where it's like, or habits, which is part of ego, I think, you know, and it's like, well, You'd have to you have to be in a position where you're open to questioning your own thoughts and beliefs, which is very hard for most of us because it's invisible. We just think that's the way it is. We generally can't see our own belief systems or structures. You know, we just we kind of experience them as maybe part of who we are, what we are, or just the way things out there are. And I'm saying out there, making air quotes, right? So. I, and I think that with one of the reasons the the whole looking glass stuff is fascinating to me is um, just yeah, I guess just being able to kind of so I, because I guess like part of it is like well probability and patterns is kind of trajectories is fascinating to me. You know, and habits and the way habits play out over time, extrapolating habits out over time and looking at the likely outcome, right, is something that we could do mentally. And if we do that a lot, we could get good at it. And some of us are very good at it and like to do it. I personally, that's, you know, I do that a lot. Other people, I think, can't be bothered with that kind of stuff, you know, and and that's, you know, it is what it is. It's not necessarily good or bad. It's just something to be aware of, I think, where it's like, okay, some people could be really good at doing this other thing, and I'm horrible at it. So I'm not trying to make it like, oh, I've got this magical skill. Um, but it can seem magical. It can seem magical. And, and and I'll say that sometimes it is. Sometimes it is. And here's what I mean by that. So, um, oh, so many examples, but like, get a good one, one I can actually remember. I'll give you a negative one, but it's the same principle. So the one that pops in my head because it's just a tough one, but it is what it is. So maybe a couple of years ago, um, we were we were out in Utah, and uh, my dad had bought the kids uh, or all this this little helicopter type toy, this little action figure, and it has a helicopter on his head, basically like helicopter. Uh, blades and you put the guy the little figure on this little thing with a pulse you know like a gas or not a gas <laughs> a uh you know you see like a lawnmower pull and you pull the thing to start the lawnmower it's like that but it's you know there's no gas power you just pull the thing and it spins the blades and the thing flies off under the air well you know he takes 
Bradley outside, our son, and he's on the back patio, and I'm watching him. And I see him kind of set this thing up, and I see into the future. He's going to pull that thing. It's going to shoot straight up into his face, my dad, right? And there's, there's a moment where it's like, okay, I just saw the future. I know that this is a very highly likely situation about to occur, right? But it hasn't occurred. And I can open the door and tell him, stop, stop, point it away, in which case he'll likely say, of course, duh. And like, I'm, I'm going to do that. You know, I'm not dumb. And or I might be wrong and he, he really was going to do that. Or I could tell him and predict something and, you know, and, but it would never happen then. And we would never know if I was right or wrong. Right. So there's these. But in the meantime, of me weighing my options, he pulls it and it hits him straight in the face, almost hits him right in the eye. And I said, oh, stupid. And I said it out loud. And I was really saying it to myself because I knew better. I knew that was going to happen. Right. I knew it. My intuition told me I could see the future. I saw it. I did nothing except for stand there going back and forth in my mind, you know, fighting this whole series of events that I just walked you through. Meanwhile, my brother's standing right there and he hears me say that and he assumed, I'm sure, that I was talking about my dad and I didn't correct him because I was then stuck in my head um, like a dork. But that, that was a bad, fortunately nothing serious happened, right? Fortunately nothing serious happened. Um, and then there's other circumstances where I'm trying to teach these things to, to, to our kids. You know, I'm trying to pass on this magical, predictive thinking, <laughs> thinking ahead is what some people might call it. But that sounds boring. Who wants to think ahead? Look, you know, look before you leave. Ah, no, no. Build your parachute on the way down. That's what I say. Jump first. Build the parachute on the way down. Fire, aim, ready. Fire, ready, aim. Something like that, right? Anyway, um, that idea of... So then I've seen other opportunities where I have taken the action and prevented these things. And so I try to show, like, so like for one is, and then some of these become habits. So for example, I do not allow any liquids near my music studio, right? There's the whole, this whole part of my room, uh, the studio is just no. Why? Because that's several steps ahead, right? Because no matter where in there I think I'm going to put it and it's going to be safe, there's a potential that it, I'm going to forget for a split moment, I'm going to turn around, I'm going to elbow the thing, and then water and or drink is going to go all over my electronics. And I will cry and cry and cry, and it would be a horrible, horrible thing, which could have been avoided had I just simply not brought any liquids there, right? Am I a genius for being able to predict that? No. But am I a genius for holding myself accountable to that and making it a habit to never allow it in there in the first place? Kind of, right? And then to make that a rule for other people, I caught Bradley sitting in my chair and he was eating some candy or something. It's like, and I told him, I got curious, right? Like, hey, I told you, no food or drink in this area. Why? Because this is where it inevitably will lead. Not every time, no. Could he do it and say, oh, see, nothing happened? Of course, right? But if we're playing the long game and we're doing this on a regular basis, eventually it's going to catch up to us, isn't it? Most likely, isn't, aren't the odds eventually not in our favor? Aren't the, the odds eventually going to say, well, you just messed with it enough, and sure, one of these times you're going to slip. It's going to catch you. 
And was it worth it, <laughs> right? Was the risk worth the, the payoff? So I, I approach a lot of things in life like that, where I don't do this or that, because if I extrapolate this out for the next 5, 10, 15, 20 years, do I like where it leads? No. Okay. All right. All right, friend. And, and the point being, looking glass. Perhaps each of us has our own version of a looking glass inside that we can tune into. And if we could, and let's call it intuition, for instance. Intuition, uh, learning, paying, paying attention inwardly. It takes practice for most of us. Some of us are naturally gifted, okay? But the person who works hard at it can beat the person, or get, not that we're in competition, friend. Okay, I know. But to get better at intuition than the person who's naturally gifted and does not practice or does not tune in regularly. Is that fair? I think so. So I would encourage you, if this resonates with you at all, if you want to learn more, if you want to gain almost superhuman powers, it is superhuman because how many humans actually apply it? You know, I don't know. Um, not a bunch, in my personal experience. There are some, for sure. And I think that people are generally pretty fascinating. So there you go. You could be that person. You can tune into your own self and play play that game, uh, a meditation, if you will, of looking into your intuition, into your own future, into your own past. And if you want to kick it up a notch, maybe you astral travel or, you know, um, there's different levels of meditation you might be able to leverage for something like this. But that's kind of the big idea, I think, friend, before before I go any further. So I appreciate your time and, um, you know, the whole thing. It's been awesome, I hope. Good for me. I feel like I want to talk about this for a while and say some of those things. So I think that is it. Oh, hopefully you're hearing commercials or intros at the beginning and end of these episodes now. I think I finally got that working. So that was a really big accomplishment. Super proud of. And part of that is that I'm going to be making special offers to you because I want to build the whole thing. And I'm looking for people that are doing cool things out there in the world to just share their story. Nothing crazy. I'm doing a book launch pretty soon here. I've got some authors, first-time authors and a couple of returning authors that I'm working with that I want to be able to help get published in the Finder Flow book series. So that is a seven-day author challenge that I'm developing. And hopefully, if not the episodes you're listening to now, hopefully sometime soon there will be an introduction that will have a call to action and they'll tell you where to go. That sounds like something interesting for you. So if you want to be a published published author or if you want to be on this podcast or if you want to have your own podcast, I'm going to be making more and more tools and resources available to you. And I'll be telling you in those intros and outros. So you can go to the website and then sign up. Usually, I think I'm going to have like a free giveaway just so that you can plug in your email address, get the free report, and then it will make you an offer for some related product or service. And there will be, I'm just telling you now, friend, fair warning, it can be a super, super discounted object the first time you see it. So take advantage if you're in a position or where you think it's interesting, you know, take advantage. That's the lowest price you're going to see for it. 
and then that little timer will, when the timer runs out, you won't see that page again. You won't see that offer. You will get some related offers that will, um, or, or like follow-up offers, but they, you won't see that low price again. So I just want you to give fair warning. That's the way I'm trying to structure all this cool automation on the back end so you can do shopping at your own convenience in the Find Your Flow store. And it will give you like related upgrades and upsells and whatnot. But the first time you see stuff, generally speaking, it's going to be the lowest price you'll see. So if you're into saving money like me, then that's the little hack for all my favorite podcast friends. So there you go, friend. That's what I'm working on. I hope it's cool and awesome. And uh, yeah, until next time. My friend, wait, whoa, don't sign off yet. I got to figure out how to turn this thing off and I want it to not be any dead space. So, uh, yeah, there we go. So, all right, it's been real. I appreciate you, friend. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen. And I wish you the most awesome life and experience and awakening or ascension and or ascension and or um, sharing of, you know, uplifting of the whole thing and amazingness. So thank you again. Namaste. And until next time, my friend, be flowing.